What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Ride in the Pine. Jack Ridenour back with you all today, and as always, we've got another phenomenal episode in store for everyone at home. But before I get into all of that, let's take a little dive into the last episode. I was joined by a great guest coming from the golf world, current Notre Dame men's golfer Palmer Jackson. Palmer and I got into his career in golf and what ultimately led him to winding up at Notre Dame, what it was like competing in not just one, but two PGA Tour events this past fall, and so much more. So if you want to hear about Palmer's career in golf, go check out episode 272 and all 272 episodes that are out now on all podcast platforms. Now, getting into today, we're going to segue back over to college basketball as we'll be joined by a great guest from the Lindenwood men's basketball team, Kevin Caldwell Jr. Kevin and I get into his career starting out at a JUCO school and what it was like starting at the JUCO level and how he was able to adjust to initially the Division II level and what it's been like being on Lindenwood this year with the team going from Division two last year to now division one this year and so much more so if you want to hear about kevin's career in basketball don't go anywhere because here comes kevin caldwell jr so with that folks let's make our way into our show for today so as always be sure to find your favorite seat here on the bench with me sit back relax and enjoy the show And I'm here with current men's basketball player at Linden One University, Kevin Caldwell Jr. Kevin, great to get you on the show today, my friend. How's it going? Oh, it's going real good, man. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely, my friend. Well, listen, I really appreciate you taking a little bit of time. I know that you're in the middle of the season, and I know you have a couple more out-of-conference games before conference play really starts to pick up, but I want to ask, how's this early part of the season been so far for you and your team? Um, it's been real um, up and down. You know, we played a lot of different level of competition. You know, we played some high majors, but we've also played some NAIA. So just trying to find that balance of who we are as a team, you know, and coming out and doing that every night. Well, I do know, and I'm glad you mentioned it, about the two really, really good teams that you've played. You've played two top 25 teams this year in Dayton and Illinois, and I'm sure that those games probably gave you a nice little measuring stick as to where you all are right now in the year as a group. But what did those games kind of teach you about your team, and, and what were some of the takeaways you guys had from those games? Oh, yeah, well, coming in, we only had, what, three three guys who've had that previous D1 experience, you know, so guys just really coming in and just seeing what it's like, you know, just that, that different margin of error, you know, and um, really I just took away from it, you know, we, we can come out and play, you know, really, and you know, I'm sure the other guys, you know, attest to that as well. You know, us being small, you know, you kind of, you got a lot of questions, you know, we don't have those seven-footers on our team, so we basically came out and answered a lot of our questions, you know, if we come out and defend and, you know, take care of the ball, you know, we could be pretty good, you know, in our conference, you know, and just overall. Well, again, I think that it's awesome that you're able to kind of go up against teams like that early on in the year and kind of get your feet wet and, and kind of mm-hmm. figure out those things that you want to sort out before, you know, conference play comes. And then all of a sudden it's it's a little bit too late to start figuring those things out. But, Kevin, I want to get into your career and kind of start to work our way to where you're at today. I know that you started out at Southwestern Illinois College, started at the JUCO level. So I want to hear from you what led you to start in your career there. Um, well, coming out of high school, I didn't have, you know, the offers, you know, that I wanted. I actually thought about football as well, but, um, I just wasn't, you know, I wouldn't really necessarily say people weren't recruiting me because, you know, they just missed me, but, you know, there was obviously some things I needed to work on and, you know, I felt like Juco was, was that route for that. And I chose Southwestern Illinois College and Belleville, 
under Coach Jay Harrington. And, um, you know, he taught me a lot, you know, about the game that I felt like I needed, you know. And um, just also taught me how to be a man as well. You know, you you're a little immature, you know, you got these high expectations, you know, coming out of high school, you know, you the man. You know, and I came from a small town, so, you know, it was it was real humbling, you know, going there and going against other good players and, you know, battling for minutes, you know, it honestly made me a, you know, a better person and man, you know, going forward, you know, and it led me here to Lindenwood. Well, I know you mentioned the aspect about almost playing football. I mean, how close were you to, to playing football in college? Yeah, I was, uh, I had like three or four schools, you know, that were on me. Uh, McKendry, McKendry was on me and uh, Central Missouri was on me real hard. Uh, they really wanted me to come play wide receiver, but um, I took a visit to McKendry, you know, me and my mom, and, you know, I kind of liked it, but, you know, basketball is just, it's just always been my thing, you know, football, I just happened to be really good at it, you know, without even necessarily trying for real, but <laughs> basketball was just always my thing, my family did it, you know, my dad, my uncles, they all played in college, so, you know, I wanted to follow that and, you know, kind of write my own story. Well, I know that you clearly have written your own story, my friend, and you're continuing to do that now. And I'm glad you mentioned the aspect about how how much basketball has been in your family, because we'll get into that in a little bit. But I want to continue to stay on on the the JUCO topic, because I personally feel that it's such a, a... for whatever reason, people kind of look at it in a very negative light. Now, I've personally never understood it, and I've had many, many, many people come on the show that have, like you, have gone JUCO, and then they go off and they do wonderful things. Is this something that you would recommend to others that maybe are kind of in the similar situation that you were in in high school? Yes, yes, I would. You know, I would recommend JUCO. You know, it it really betters you, you know, overall. And it's like you don't get – you know, all the, you know, obviously the facilities and everything. So, you know, it's real, real motivating, you know, if you, if you really want it, you know, it'll teach you if you really love basketball, you know, you know, I had plenty of moments, you know, where I thought about, you know, like, man, I don't know, you know, I don't know about this, you know, that's, that's how hard you go can get, you know, it's definitely not for everybody, but, you know, I recommend it, you know, if you really want to, you know, be, get better, you know, as a player and person, you know, obviously every Juco, ain't going to be like Swick, you know, what I experienced. But, you know, I feel like it's it's definitely, you know, definitely an opportunity for guys, you know, to, you know, flip the script, you know, what people may have said about them and why they might not have recruited them. You know, it's definitely an opportunity there in JUCO, you know, and I'm appreciative of JUCO. I feel like a lot of guys should definitely consider that. And and I'm glad that you bring that up because, again, I think that, you know, there's, there is that – I don't want to say that there's a stigma, but I think that there is a stigma of, oh, if I'm going Juco, then I have maybe missed the, the mark or I have failed. And, you know, I, I think that is such a, 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 a terrible way of looking at it, really. I mean, I just and, and you are just another incredible example that uh, that have just come on this show that have shared their story about Juco basketball or Juco football or Juco baseball, or whatever it's been and getting that extra time. You know, everybody develops in a different way and everybody, you know, takes off in, in, in their athletic world and, and in their sport at different times in their life. And, you know, some of them are earlier bloomers. Some of them are later bloomers. And I think that no matter what, you know, Juco is there as a resource and a positive one should not be looked at as something that oh I can't believe I'm going Juco I've 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 failed because clearly I don't think that is that is the case at all and and in your case it's clearly not the case at all either because you've gone on to do incredible things at Lindenwood that you're doing now but what do you think is was the biggest thing that you took away and that you've applied now to your time at Lindenwood that you learned at at, at Southern Southwestern Illinois 
uh, I, I learned to to come in and work every day, come in and work hard. Because in JUCO, you worry a lot. You know, you don't really, you're not established, you know, so you don't really know what the next step is. So every day for me, it was just like, man, I'm, I'm out here working. I'm chasing something, you know, so I still am chasing something. You know, I just kind of built that at JUCO and I'm like, man, what am I? You know, you kind of find your why, you know, why are you doing this? You know, so I've applied that and, you know, here at Linwood, I've been established you know, so I come in with those tendencies, those hunger tendencies, you know, it's just it's just automatic. You know, you're battling with your team for offers. You know, that's that's Juco. You know, you love your teammates, but you're battling with those guys. So, you know, it's a sense of just this hunger that I have, you know, it, it, it kind of just separates me from, you know, a lot of different guys who, who made a came out of high school and didn't have to fight for offers, you know, for a couple extra years, you know. So it just gave me that. That grit, you know, just that blue collar mentality to just come in and just work hard every day, you know, and just, you know, sacrifice, you know, whatever, just for the team, you know. Well, I'm sure that that hard work mentality was also probably instilled in you at a very young age with your dad and, and how good of a basketball player he was played for a legendary coach in Bruce Pearl. You know, you look at your uncle, he played at Illinois for their final four team in the 80s. So, I mean, again, I, I'm sure a lot of great examples for you to follow on the hardwood. What kind of impact have they had in particular on your basketball career? Um, they've they've had a, a good impact. You know, they um they watched all my games. You know, they came to all my games. You know, they called me. You know, after some games. You know, and just just really gave me a basketball critique. You know, a lot a lot of people get that. You know, just just true basketball. Just a different perspective. You know, just on things you may not see, and just overall, just the little details in my game. You know, they they did a good job. You know, helping me come into my own. My dad, my uncles, they've never tried to make me be them. You know, they always just told me, you know, do my own thing and, you know, add my own flair to everything. So I'll say they just really instilled that confidence in me that, you know, I can do, you know, what they've done and, and better, you know. So I, I appreciate them for that. You know, they really done, you know, a really good job supporting me, you know. Well, I'm sure this year was a special year for your uncle in particular, going up against his alma mater. I'm I'm sure you guys probably went back and forth with that one, right? <laughs> yes, yes, we did. We did, man. That was that was definitely a surreal moment. You know, I always heard about that since I was a kid. You know, my uncle Larry, my uncle Larry. You know, you of I, you know, Final Four and Kendall Gill, Nick Anderson, all those guys. Just just constantly hearing that stuff and you know coming and going up there to Champagne and you know actually playing the game. It was just kind of like, man, it was, it's, it still don't feel right. You know, some of this still don't feel right. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of trying to stay in the moment, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure it was a very nice kind of full circle moment for, for your whole family really. And, and being able to kind of experience that. And I'm sure you had a lot of people yeah. tuning in and supporting you and I'm sure your uncle Larry too, but I'm sure your uncle Larry had a, yeah, yeah. he had to hold back the cheering for the Illini. He wanted to make sure he was supporting his nephew. So I totally get that. But I want to get into your time now at, at Lindenwood. What was it that led you to Lindenwood? I mean, how did you kind of go from, from Southwestern Illinois over to where you're at now at Lindenwood? Uh, Lindenwood was the only school really like constantly recruiting me. You know, I had other schools like popping in here and there, but Lindenwood was consistent, you know, and just far as recruiting me. So I looked, you know, a little further and I started watching their games and stuff. And, you know, they really fit, you know, my style of play. You know, Coach G wants to, you know, get up and down and, you know, he gives his players, you know, you know, freedom to, you know, make the right reads, you know, not necessarily freedom to shoot whatever, but, you know, he trusts them to, you know, make the right play. So, you know, what more could you want, you know, and Lindenwood is, 
it's a, it's a beautiful campus, you know, and um, I actually didn't get to take a visit here at Lindenwood before I came because it was like during the COVID year, but I had been here, you know, three or four times previous, you know, at tournaments and stuff like that. And, you know, I always like the campus, you know, and it's, of course it's close to Auden, 30, 35 minutes, you know, my peoples can come watch me play. So it just felt like a, you know, the, really the perfect spot, you know, in my eyes for, you know, me to come here and thrive, you know, after Swick. You know, we ran a lot of sets there at Swick, and not that, you know, I was against that. I actually needed that to just learn how to score within the offense. But I feel like Swick, I mean, not Swick, Lindenwood fit my, you know, style of play more, you know, and um, I feel like I could do really well there. Well, what was it like going from one school to the next in the middle of the pandemic? I mean, that had to have been really just challenging and just weird overall. Yes, yes, it was. It was, um, I actually was training outside during that time. You know, I couldn't really get in the gym, so I was training outside and we were doing our Zoom meetings with the team. So it was just, I hadn't really met nobody yet. It was just, it was real awkward. You know, I, I can't even really explain it. It was just real awkward, you know, and, um, couldn't really do much. Even when, you know, we got there on campus, you know, I, I was at a JUCO, a two year, you know, campus not that big, a lot of local people, you know, so, going to that four-year, you know, you expect to see a whole lot of people, but I actually didn't, you know, because of COVID, so the campus looked empty a lot of the time, so I didn't really get that true, you know, four-year experience, you know, that first year, but um, I definitely, it, that switch, you know, COVID definitely made things a little awkward, you know, around here that first year. I didn't really get, i say, that true experience to that next year with a lot more people around and just doing a lot more things on campus, you know, it was real closed up. Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, I, I remember that very fondly. I think we all remember that very, very fondly. But I'm sure that now things are kind of, you know, slowly but surely. Well, I guess not slowly but surely, fully back to normal, really. And you have yeah. fans back in the stands. You're not having to be tested all the time and all those other hoops that you have to jump through. I know that I would have probably lost my mind if I had to go through all of that. Yeah. But another adjustment that you guys have had to go through is that Lindenwood actually has gone from Division Two to now Division One. So this is your first year being an NCAA Division One, how do you think that the kind of change and adjustment has been for you and your team so far? I mean, have you think that, or have you all felt that this has been a, a welcome change for you all? Um, yeah, you know, um, I don't know. Really, I could say for myself. Really, I say, you know, this transition has been real. You know, real. I wouldn't say challenging. We've been on the road a lot. Well, I wouldn't say challenging. It's been challenging just as far as being on the road. And like I said earlier, you know, we don't have a lot of guys with D1 experience. You know, we have a lot of talented players who can play at this level. But just that overall experience, you know, obviously you have the crowds and things like that. You know, we ain't really play in front of them. We played in front of some good crowds last year, too. But, you know, not, you know, not like a Dayton, you know, or like BYU, which we have coming up. You know, those are tough, t tough places to play, you know, and it's easy to get distracted and on that, especially when you don't have the experience, you know, playing through it. So, you know, it's definitely been, you know, welcoming to us, you know, and we just want to earn our respect, you know, just as a program. You know, that's like the main thing you want to do this year is earn that respect. So when did this all kind of start for you all in terms of the, the transitioning of, over to Division One? I? I mean, last year, and, and I'm guessing the year before, I mean, had you already known that that was going to be something that was, you know, in the in the near future? Um, we found out, i say we had four or five games left, I believe. It was, it was, I know the season wasn't all the way over yet. It was not all the way over yet, but it was definitely towards the end. So Coach had let us know because it kind of got – kind of got out on campus and a lot of people were talking about it, you know, and 
you know, certain players on the team, you know, obviously it becomes, you know, who, you know, am I coming back here next year? You know, and the, se the season's still going on. So you don't really want those type of thoughts to creep in, you know, and guys kind of, you know, get out of the way and not really want to finish the season. But, yeah, we definitely found it out a few games before. So we had to finish it out, you know, towards the end. But coach kind of addressed it at practice one day and just went on and kind of told everybody, you know, but just told us, you know, let's focus on this season, you know, and finish, finish you know. So what was that reaction from everybody when you heard that? I mean, was there like excitement or not really? It was it was excitement. You know, it was excitement, but it was like, man, like, you know, that's quick. <laughs> you know, it was just kind of like a quick. It kind of came out of nowhere. You know, really, I didn't expect it. You know, I'm going to be honest. I didn't expect it, but, you know, it kind of just was really exciting, you know, for me. You know, a lot of other guys were kind of like in the mix about it but you know it was it was really a sense of excitement from you know a lot of especially the staff and a few guys but just that overall you know a couple guys you know know they weren't coming back but you know basically the guys who knew you know you know knew they had a chance you know they were pretty excited yeah, I mean, hey, I'm, I'm sure that you were probably very thrilled. You know, you first step onto Lindenwood's campus and it's Division Two, and all of a sudden you hear it's, hey, I'm going to become Division One. I. I mean, that's that's pretty <laughs> nice if you ask me. I know that it, when I was in college, if I had found out that we went Division One, we probably would have continued to lose a lot of games. But I also would have been very, very excited myself. So uh, I'm sure uh, probably a very thrilling thing for you guys. But I want to get into a little bit more about the tough out of conference schedule that you all have, and then and then how that's going to prepare for you guys for the conference schedule. How do you think that will kind of help you guys get ready for conference play and kind of get all of this, the tougher games out of the way before things really start picking up in the latter half of the year? Well, well, we, on our team, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot of length, you know, and a lot of height, you know, and other teams do. So playing against, you know, those high majors and, and getting accustomed to that length and just that small margin of error, you know, it'll help us, you know, Going against, you know, the difference between, you know, U of I and SIUE just as far just as far as, you know, the program as a whole. So we just want to make sure, you know, we get that experience, you know, and, and we learn from it. You know, we just because we lost by, you know, so and so today and don't mean we gonna come in here and, you know, beat these teams. You know, you see where you at, you know, it's good for you to, you know, just see where you at versus those teams. So we really just want to get just get get accustomed to that, you know, that length for real. That's the big, that was the biggest thing for me. You know, a lot of guys were long shots. I can shoot at practice. You know, I can't shoot those in the game. So it's just about getting those reps, you know, with that, with that big crowd, that, that high pressure, you know, that, that we want to get and bring that back home and, you know, be comfortable in those situations, you know, later in the year. Yeah, I mean, it's all about being comfortable in in the you know the, the the thick of the conference schedule when things are really starting to pick up and conference play is starting to get closer to the tournament. You know, that's when you really want to again get those get those kinks and get those things figured out. You know, before yeah, things. The, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, go ahead, continue. No, I, I'm I'm excited to hear what you have to say. The adversity. That's that's what we saw. You know, that was one of the big takeaways. I know you asked about a takeaway. I feel like I keep running in circles, but adversity was one of the things that we took away as well. You know, um, we got down a couple times on some runs at the beginning of the game, and you know what were we going to do? You know, a lot of the times in those games, teams lose it early. You know, they come out twelve oh, fourteen oh, guys like, oh man, we about to get killed. You know, in the game, you know, it kind of gets out of hand. You know, I believe we started what ten oh versus Dayton. You know, we turn around and make it an 8-14 game, you know, the next three or four minutes. So, you know, just facing that adversity when things ain't going well, you know, what are we going to do? We don't have a lot of experience. So, 
you know, just seeing seeing where guys at mentally as well. That was another takeaway. Yeah, and, and that adversity part is so important, and I think it's something that, and I'm glad you brought it up because I think it's something that is often forgot that, you know, again, you're in the midst of everything, you're playing, you're in the, the, the thick of battle and everything else, and you're not really thinking of like, oh man, we're in a, like you said, a 10-0 hole right now, or we're, you know, they've gone on a 12-2 to run in the last two minutes, whatever it might be, we need yeah. to figure out, you know, where backs are into a corner, what are we going to do here, right? And I think that, you know, again, being able to have that already, you you know, I don't want to say checked off your list, but having that feeling already early on this year when you're not in conference play, that is such an important thing. What do you think this team is capable of accomplishing this year in the conference? Uh, I, I believe we can we can achieve whatever we want, you know, whatever we put our minds to. You know, and I don't mean to just say that and be simple. You know, I've you know I've been around a lot of teams and a lot of high level basketball. You know, so. I just, I, I truly believe, you know, if we can, we can buy into what the coach is saying, you know, and, and, and guys can really just come in and work hard every day. You know, I think we could, could have a pretty good shot in conference, you know, and especially finish at it with a pretty, you know, well see, you know, middle of the pack, you know, it'd be good for your first year, but you know, I'm a, I'm a, you guys, Coach, Coach Gerderman, you know, I, I don't really like to sell for that. We really want to, you know, push up, you know, especially from the, previous two years you know we've been pretty average you know and a little bit below average so you know we really want to you know set the mark this first year you know that we're you know we're trying to win you know we ain't here just to be here you know we want to actually be here and win absolutely yeah you want to set that benchmark for you know for years to come and and set that precedent and that that kind of expectation of hey this is you know a division one program and and we're going to start doing things the division one way we're going to win and we're going to win in the way that we know how to win so very excited to see how the rest of the season plays out for you all but kevin it's been great to get you on the show today before i let you go i've got one last little question to ask you and it kind of involves a, a realization or or an aha moment if you will as to when you realize that you could play basketball at the collegiate level so for you, when did that kind of click and you said, I can play basketball at the college level? <laughs> um, that moment came when um, it, I had a real good game one night in Belleville. We was playing Belleville East. And um, I believe they had Malachi Smith, who's at Gonzaga right now. And they had um, Javon Pickett, who's, who plays at SLU right now. And I just had a really good night versus them. And I ended up hitting the buzzer beater. And, you know, it, it honestly wasn't even one of my best nights, but I had a good night, you know. And um, I just kind of came out after that game and was like, man, I just I just cooked Javon Pickett, you know. Like, you know, it just, it was crazy. I hit the buzzer beat of that game and everything. And, you know, I kind of went home that night like, man, you know, he's, he's a, he was an Illinois commit at the time. And, you know, that was just kind of like a moment for me where, like, man, I can compete with these guys. You know, I can, you know, I can do this, you know. And, you know, from that was during my junior year, you know, in high school so. I was like, yeah, man, I, th I think I can do this, you know, and that was kind of that moment for me. And yeah, that's when I really kind of knew, you know, we weren't really sure. That was like my first big, big game. You know, I had like 26, you know, and I hit the buzzer beer. So I was the man that night and I kind of felt like I've been a man there since that night, you know. Absolutely, my friend. You clearly have, and you continue to be the man at Lindenwood and excited to see what you all and Lindenwood do this year. Really, 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 really appreciate you taking a little bit of time today. Thanks so much for stopping by and good luck the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you.
And there he goes, Kevin Caldwell Jr., another fantastic episode today, everyone. Thanks for joining me here on the bench. Be sure to keep following and subscribing to Ride in the Pine on Apple and Spotify, and keep following on Twitter at RideThePine20, RTP all capital, Instagram at Riding underscore the underscore pine underscore all lowercase, and on TikTok at Ride in the Pine all lowercase. For all the latest updates on episodes and content to come, all 273 episodes are out now. Keep leaving those ratings and reviews, and again, folks, keep your eyes and ears open for some more great guests coming out here on RTP. But once again, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in today. And until next time on Ride in the Pine, keep on sitting the bench with me.